Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. It is time for your weekly dysfunction. Your time to get smarter or laugh or just love the game of golf. Welcome to Maddie and the Caddy alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. Matt Barry. One week he'll get this. We cannot wait to get great program we have planned today. We're going to recap the WGC at Bridgestone. We're going to get you ready for the PGA Championship. Our guest this week, Cardinals All-Pro Patrick Peterson. And, Caddy, I think I speak for everyone where they're going to have a love-hate with this interview with Patrick Peterson because they're going to love just the stories that he tells. But they're going to hate that he picked up golf seven years ago and he's really good. It's not look. I hate the fact that he picked up golf seven years ago and he's that good. It's not fair that you're able to do something like that. But when you actually think about the total addiction that Patrick had as soon as he started playing the game, and so there's three things. One, he he picked up the game from people who already loved it, and he's a competitor, mm-hmm. an ultra competitor. Two, he's athletic. And so the thought of not being able to do something when you're an athlete at that level drives you even more crazy. And three, he got money. Yeah. So the fact that he had some cash and then (laughs) he was an athlete who, an elite athlete who was addicted to something now because his friends, you know, and he's a defensive dude. Them dudes talk smack. So, you know, the first time he went out there, he probably – thought he was going to talk a little smack because athletes think they can do that. And then when he wasn't good, he was like, oh, and right. he had to hear it from his boys for a while. Yeah, that's a mental note. His stories yes. are so good. So we'll have the Patrick Peterson conversation coming up in just a bit as the Cardinals are in training camp. We can't wait to share that with you. Uh, we'll work our way backwards to get you forwards to the PGA Championship, the last major of the season descended upon the St. Louis area. Uh, our, our caddy and yours, Michael Collins, will be out there. Bell Reef Country Club. It's hot. It's it's probably very swampy out there. So I it can't wait to get hot. into the final major of the season. I do want to start, though, with Bridgestone. And the hype that was Tiger Woods, I believe someone that I co-host this, this podcast with picks Tiger <laughs> to win. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to dive into Tiger yet first. I want to dive in to the dominance that was Justin Thomas, which I think is a bad thing for everybody else this week. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. It is really difficult to defend a major championship. That's why it, it doesn't get done very often. And Brooks Kepka did it once already. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I was thinking about this and I was like kind of casually digging through some stuff. I don't know that we've ever had a U.S. Open defended and then a PGA defended in the same year. I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah, that I mean, we'd have to go back for that. I, I think you're right. I mean, we would get research look into it. But and the the problem for Justin Thomas is as great as he was last week, it's hard to win and it's a grind. There's that's one of the things you were, we were talking about Tiger Woods. One of the things that made him so amazingly better than everybody else back in the day was the fact that guys would win a tournament and then they wouldn't win again for a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's hard to go back to back because you put so much energy into that win, you're going to have a crash. Now, Justin Thomas said he was taking Monday off, that he was just going to put his feet up and not do a whole lot. Yes and no, because he's defending champ. 
he doesn't even get to really do that because he still has other duties. Right. And now he's got to do this Tuesday dinner thing and coming off the win last week. As much as I love Justin Thomas and I love his game, and I think he is – I love the fact that the reason he got to be as good as he is is because he's had a chip on his shoulder for being just a little dude. Even Rory talked about when they were kids, Rory because Rory's been hitting it long off the tee forever, mm-hmm. and Rory said – that Justin Thomas used to try and hit it as far as him because he was that kid. It was like, you ain't getting it past me because everyone said he was little and it's too skinny and couldn't, you know, all, all the couldn'ts. You can't do this. You couldn't do that. You could. So he was, and he plays with that chip on his shoulder. The problem with playing with the chip on your shoulder is that takes a lot of energy to hold a fist. And it does. And it, you know, you bring up a good point. His grandparents were at the WGC. Yeah. It was an emotional week for him. The only reason, and I put this out on Maddie and the Caddy, by the way, hit us up in uh, social media, at Maddie and Caddy, both Instagram and Twitter. And I put it out there on Twitter this week because Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas are always linked because they're really, really good buddies. Right. I'm of the opinion that at peak powers, I think Justin Thomas is the better player. And we've seen him go on runs. That's his third win of the year, ninth professional win. But I believe we talked about this on SportsCenter. Yeah. He had to come to Jesus with his staff, his dad, his that caddy. Was huge. I believe because of that, going into the last major, he's playing so confidently right now. I'm with you. He's tired. He's mentally exhausted. The family in town in Akron. I think he's clicking right now. I just believe he's going to be a tough out. I, I, I completely agree with you that he's going to be a tough out. It just not bothers me, but it worries me. It worries me because he expended so much energy yeah. winning last week. And the way that he won were, were, even though it looked like a dominant performance, there were times when people looked like they started making a charge. And you thought, okay, maybe somebody's going to do something. And then they all fell to the wayside. It was kind of like the, the Open Championship. How do you feel about such a big tournament with such star power the week before a major? Yeah, see, I'm not um, – it bothers me that the PGA Tour doesn't have their own major and because the Players' Championship, like everyone just kind of tongue-in-cheek calls it the fifth major and now the – PGA Tour decides, well, what we'll do is come up with these WGCs and we'll invite all the best players in the world and only them. Basically, what they did was reactionary to Greg Norman because Greg Norman was going to start his own thing where he was going to take the top 20 guys and go, well, we'll just play our own tournaments for money and we'll keep the money ourselves. And the tour was like, well, if you do that, you'll never play the tour again. And then the tour was like, hey, look, we got this new idea. WGC's, oh, yeah, you came up with that all by yourself, did you? <laughs> that's huh. original. Okay. Yeah, that's real original. McDonald's, McDonald's. Yeah, pretty much. It's McDonald's and McDonald's. We got the big Mac. <laughs> it's just different. They got they got the golden arches. We got the golden arc. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's stupid. And that's the thing. Next year doesn't get any better. Next year it's going to be the British Open in Northern Ireland, the furthest north that you can go on the planet to play a golf tournament at this level, and then we're going to go to Memphis. So we're going to go 40 degrees, 140 degrees yep. to a WGC. And I'm going to tell you right now, I know, I already know what's going to happen. Guys are going to play in the Open Championship, and the guys that make the cut, they're going to get to Memphis and be like, I can't breathe. Uh, oh, you know what? I got pulled ham. 
mascitis muscle. I gotta yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I, I've I've got, I slept wrong on my neck. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I didn't bring my eye pillow. My little sneak lumber pillow. I brought number six, and I should have brought number four. So I'm out. And and it's going to be worse the second year. The year number two, when guys are like, yeah, I'm going to play in the major, and you can go ahead and keep your WGC because it'll be the last event before kind of the playoffs anyway. And these guys, if you're in the WGC, you're already in the playoffs. And so you don't have to be there. And that's it. Like, you, you look at what we just did watched this weekend it was good golf and you had a show pony leaderboard you had jason day you had rory mcelroy you had tiger at least for a little bit Can going I just into say, this saturday was boring as hell it wasn't good yeah i mean i gotta be honest and the thing you know i love this is all this is my sport man i love it i love it to death but i'm not gonna lie and be like no man you missed the subtleties of the excitement of the it was boring as hell just boring you know that, why? Yeah, and Tiger get, didn't help at all. That's what I was just going to say, and that's why because well, we, it was so we were all everybody was so hyped up. But I knew something wasn't right on Saturday when I saw him on the range. This is going to be the problem with Tiger, and this this actually I can point at you and go see. This makes my argument. Okay, please go ahead. I know you're going to hate it. But it's Tiger came out, and didn't he come out and say, look, there's just going to be days I get out and my back's just going to not loosen up? Yeah, he just said he, he would not be able to get loosened up, correct? Correct, and he's going to have tough days like that. Well, guess what? This is the second big tournament in a row where he's had a day where his back was no good and he had to just get through it and shot 73. And then on Sunday when he was out of it, just was like, well, screw it. I'm going to go for broke now. Shoots another 73. Yeah. So, the other problem is, and this I said this on Sports Center. It's like it's it, it's so funny and weird to have to say this. Tiger might be playing too much now. Like five out of the next six, that's not a good move for I a agree dude who's you. like my back is not perfect. I was in Switzerland for a week, so I didn't practice. Now when I come back and there's something wrong with my swing, he even said I can't practice because of the way that my time has to work out for recovery. I can't after after Saturday's round. He can't go try and loosen up and go pound, pound balls for an hour and figure it out. So he's in the Wyndham following the PGA. Nah, he's that's, the week that's the he's week he's got off. off, and then he's got yeah. the Northern Trust. Correct. Yeah, I mean, look, Northern Trust, and then the, right after that, Dell Technologies. Yep, that's five out of six right there that he's playing. And so, and that, and that's just it. Like we were, we were getting spoiled because Tiger was playing well. And we wanted him back so bad, and we got him back, and then he started playing good. And we were like, yes, here it is. It's on now. And it's like, oh, wait, no, it's not on right now. Yeah, but stretched or not, or glutes activated or not, his driver was awful. When has it ever been great? But now, this was seven like- out of 14 fairways every single day. Every day. And it's not like when he won at Bridgestone those eight times that he was hitting perfect drives because he wasn't. Yeah, but he was missing like, he was in places that like you said last week that groundskeepers hadn't even seen. I mean, he was bad. (laughs) I know, and he was bad with irons off the tee too. But again, that goes to the back stuff where when the back's not perfect... He just has to compensate and just find a way to get it around. Now, again, he was making great recovery shots. He was digging stuff out of some of that thick rough and hitting these stingers and whatnot and curving the ball out of rough. And it's crazy how creative he was able to be and save par. But I don't 
who cares about saving par when Justin Thomas is fifteen under? You want to like, hear? A, you want to hear a theory that I have? A Maddie theory. This ought to be good. Thank yeah. you. My, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you a secret too. I think that, or well, not a secret, but something I believe that happened. All right, but go ahead. So my theory around Tiger this week is okay. that he got spooked on that bunker shot that was similar to the one that hurt his back. And I think that he got spooked that he had to hit that shot again. He wasn't feeling well. And so when he realized that that's the shot that I got hurt on and he really just couldn't get himself loose and activated, for lack of a better term, I don't think he was ever mentally in it. I don't. I think I don't he just wanted to get. It. I just think he wanted to get through it. His stance and stuff was a little bit different, and the shot he was going to play it was, was close a little enough, bit different. Though. Well, it might have brought back some memories, but you got to remember, since this was that shot that he hit was pre-surgery, right. so and his back was bad already. But he was lying about it and was like, you know, no, it's all right, my back's fine. And then he hit that shot, and when he was a few holes later, he was out. That was in 14 when he like hit that shot and it was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm in the parking lot. I can't feel my feet. Yeah. All right, so two things. This is my conspiracy theory. Right. Two things that happened. <laughs> Number one, <clears throat> Faldo on TV called him out and said, Tiger looks like his back is stiff and it hasn't loosened up. Yep. And I think somebody told Tiger that Faldo said that, which is why Tiger then didn't admit that it was true because he hates it when those guys speculate on him and get it right. He hates it. Number two. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. For you. I know. And here's one that's even better. Mm. Two people weren't with Tiger that are normally with him His at kids? big events like this. Nope. Who? His workout trainer, his trainer dude who does all his back work for him, mm. like the massage guy and stretching dude. His, he's, he's got his own physio dude. The dude wasn't there last week. And neither was his girlfriend. Let's, let's use that as our jumping off point to the PGA Championship. You have descended upon St. Louis for the final major of the year. Uh, based on what we just talked about with this week's tournament and yep. the star power that was in contention and who ended up winning. Uh, and in your estimation, who sets up well to win this because the PGA Championship is just that last one of the year where whoever finds a way to get hot gets hot? Um, I'm really – so I still have to do that full field ranking thing. Yeah, and you complain about it every time. It's your job that you're just going to do it every time. It's not – no, man. It's I, Let me tell you something. Don't give me that whole – that's your job. There's <laughs> nothing in my contract that was like, hey, you know what you have to do? Rank 156 dudes. So did you pitch the idea? No. Someone else pitched it to me, and I was like, mm, I'm not really crazy about that. And they're like, no, no, it's not going to be that difficult. Go ahead. You can knock it out. And I was like, well, let me just try it for one. Let me do it for the one. And then as soon as I did that first one, it was like, all right, so we're good for the U.S. Open and the Open Championship and the PGA. And I was like, no, I didn't say that. And, of course, you know, I don't like – Golf is unlike every other sport because it's individual. It's not like you can have seven guys regionally helping you out. Yeah. So there's got there's a SEC dude ranks all of them. There's a, a Big Ten guy. There's a Pac Ten guy. There's this Big Sky. There's all that good stuff out there working it. Nah, it's one dude who goes. I've never heard of a couple of these guys, and I don't think their Wikipedia page is true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. 
somebody in their camp was lying or their family was telling some they're making stuff up which they want and didn't want so i don't like getting yelled at on the internet called an idiot like i already know i'm an idiot i don't need you to tell me so should we use this opportunity in this public forum to try to get you out of doing this from here on out like what can we do to help you not not do i don't think there's anything we could do man because it just is one of those things they like to have so why do you nobody else is going to do it why not? And, it, and also, the- if I do it, the one thing that I can say is if I do this, mm-hmm. then I get to keep my whole, and I'm doing the air quotes here, writer's credential. Oh, so this is the one time you write all week or all year? Like just the nah. majors? When no, do you rank? I, huh? When do you do the rankings? All majors? Yeah. All four majors I do the rankings. And then every, you know, every week we do our expert picks and all that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> every major I do the rankings. But normally I did it different. I used to only have to pick like 10 to 15 guys, like who to watch and why and yeah. where I thought they were going to finish. But now this is like the whole shamalama ding dong. So Well, you're drinking a Diet Mountain Dew. I mean, so, you should be ready. I know. Well, you hear me already. Like that Diet Mountain Dew is making its appearance on the podcast because I rarely drink soda. But on two hours sleep, trying to hook it up so we can do what we got to do. All right. So give the people a teaser. Like how many how many people are in the field? I, it's 156. I think Chris Kirk, because Justin Thomas won, Chris Kirk was the last man in the field the last time I looked. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Kokrak got in because Lee Westwood WD'd. Okay. So now this time I was smart and I put everybody down. I'm thinking, I'm not going to lie, man. There's a part of me that just wants to troll everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like I just feel like. Would it be all right if just one time I trolled everyone? Yeah, do it. Let you you know what? Yes. What I want you, you so? to do is I'm like I'm just going to what if I listed everybody alphabetically and just, you know, just because your name's on, you win. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> do it. Get the get the program there on site. And Actually, when you know the what? alphabetical you, order list, y- just list yes. them like that as your power ranking. Either that or you know what I did one year because I I hate trying to guess who's going to win at the British Open because of the weather. Yeah. I took I took three-by-five cards, wrote everybody's name on a card, folded the cards, and threw them on the floor, and let my nine-year-old pick them out. They were like seven and five years old, and I just let them pick it out. And where, whoever they picked, that's what the ranking that it went in. Have it, was like you, a bing, it was like bingo. Have you ever really gotten them right, though? Like, why do you put so much? You're probably never yeah. even really close. No, no. I've no, I've gotten really close a, a bunch of times. Really? Because you, know? you know who's playing well. The problem isn't, like, the top 10 or 15. It's once you get after number 50. Yeah. Like, people was mad. <laughs> they was mad that I had somebody ranked 137th. And, like, and I'm thinking, like, if you miss the cut, does it matter? If you don't finish in the top 70... Like, why are you going to be mad? I feel like right here, right now, on Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast, we need to come up with a method for you to pick this week. That's a good idea, but it's due to it's due tomorrow as we record this podcast Monday afternoon. Yeah, we record it late Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. and I and this is the other thing that kills me. Like, I got stuff to do today. Today, I'm going out and doing. Sergio, Rory McIlroy, and Tommy Fleetwood are all going to have hit 100-yard shots through mm. the archway. Oh, wow. So that's going to be a lot of fun to be out there. And then I'm going to have an opportunity to get it one-on-ones with each one of them. 
And what's your so last role time? What's your role in that matter? Like, why are you I'm there? Not, uh, just to, to get one-on-one interviews for us for ESPN. I got it. They're and they're doing something for Omega, you mm. know. And I've been hanging out at Omega stuff a couple of times. And the dude that used to be the president was like, we need to get you wearing an Omega watch instead of the watch that you – because I never wore a watch before. So he was like, how come you don't wear a watch? And I was like, I don't know. I used to have really nice watches, and I was kind of into them. But then I just stopped wearing them. And he was like, you know, we got to get you in an Omega watch. And I was like, yes, we do. That would be awesome. And then at Christmas time, this is the worst I get a package from Omega. <laughs> so you're thinking like dialed in. Bro, it is the it is the correct size box and it's the correct weight. It's basically like if you give a girl that you're dating for three months a a package <laughs> and it looks like a ring, right? Yeah. And I was like my even my wife was making fun of me because I was like, Yes, I can't believe this. And I was like, it even smells nice, you know? It's like the box smells beautiful. <laughs> this is amazing, I knew it. It's gonna be great. And I opened the box up. You know what it was? A Jelly of the Month Club membership? It was a candle. No, it wasn't. It was a candle. It was a scented candle. That's why the box smelled good. So it was in a tin. Omega sent you a candle? A candle. A scented candle in a box that was the same. I even put it out. I think I put it on Twitter. This was like the greatest troll gift ever. Because I was heartbroken. I was sure. I was like, this is... This is going to be the greatest watch I've ever gotten in my life. It's be perfect. And it was a candle. So how'd you handle it? What'd you do? Did you go to the Omega people and tell them, look, don't ever send me a candle again? No, I went in the bathroom and I put the candle to good use. <laughs> That's what I did. I burnt the hell out of the candle. <laughs> Let oh. Omega smell me for a little bit. We went toe-to-toe. Me and Omega went toe-to-toe. Let's see who can win. Me after Mexican or Omega sending me this stupid ass candle? <laughs> I'd like to say that I won. <laughs> I bet. Look, man, if we were doing odds on that, if we were ranking that at, on ESPN.com. So wait. Let me tell you something. So wait, I go have Indian food the night before. There's no candle going to stop me. No candle going to beat me. What are you crazy? I mean, you you are undefeated. I mean, you're the Tiger Woods of that defeat. So wait, all right, I'm in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you I got a gold. I got, I got a gold toilet paper roll. <laughs> a gold roll. Oh man, your toilet is every bit of a throne. <laughs> it's like yeah, let my I got, man enter. Why do you I think bought he, that one MC Hammer sold when he went bankrupt? <laughs> Why do you think you got to have your coffee at four a.m.? You got to let See, people. You work. understand? Let me ask you this though. You said that. The old, like, is there a new president of Omega? Because you were talking about the, the yeah, like, there's a new guy in charge. The guy who was in charge, me and him, we hung out a few times, and it was great. The guy Man, was you got nice. a candle out of it. it sounds like a he good was relationship. cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know what it was? It was they invited me down to the Olympics mm. to come down and hang out with them at the Olympics, just to hang out. And and I was like, you know, I have I had some ideas on stuff that I wanted to do, but because. Because it was the Olympics, like literally, I couldn't even do cell phone videos. Because mm-hmm. Omega's the official timekeeper of the Olympics, so I actually wanted to do a funny bit on how those clocks work in the pool, on how you touch them and stuff. Yeah. And I came up with this whole bit where I was going to come out of the locker room wearing a speedo, <laughs> like because he's going to done test it. Them. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. And they were like, they're all in, so they were like, we're going to come on down. But then, like, I'm like, listen, you, I'm not allowed to fly down there for free or anything like that. Like, there's rules on what we can and can't 
which is and that's good. Called there's, payola. Correct. There's yeah. yeah there's it's rules that we got to follow to keep our journalistic integrity intact, and I you know it's important to me. But still, so at, and at the last minute, then it was like, nah, I can't go because I wouldn't be allowed to film anything. I couldn't take pictures or nothing. Yeah, so, that that uh, NBC's territory. Yeah, big time, man. And they they really they marked that territory, bro, like a Rottweiler marking his yard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and it's every inch. That's at least what I'm a saying. dog. Like, you're not a dog going give in a Rottweiler yard. Feet. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, hey, can I get this? Just this little springling tree thing? Nah. I'll bite you in the behind like nothing, nothing. Even the athletes, like they get in a lot of trouble and will get kicked out if they have like ads or if they got that stuff on them. Like they were talking about the temporary tattoos or something you would try to put on, but if it's not approved, like you're not wearing that. So, so have you met the new president of Omega? Will he be at this event that you're going to be at Monday afternoon? Yeah, he's going to be there, he and I, I think I'm going to, I think I'll get to meet him too. I don't know if I met him before. But actually, when I got here today, I already saw one of the Omega people. Yeah. And they were like, hey, we're really happy you're here, blah, blah, So That's do we fun. need that to be the official timepiece of Maddie and the Caddy? Should we work on that? Or should we? are we more Omega or are we more like Swatch Watch? Like, which are slime time? Which one are we? Uh, we de- I'm not definitely don't want no slime time. But right. I like, you know, like my whole thing. So we, we talked to the dude, Patron. Yeah. That makes sense for Maddie and the Cat. It does. Patron's we very... love Patron yep. because it fits with us. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of fit with our thing. Omega, would, I I would be down for Omega. I think Omega and Swatch in the same. They're the same company. Our friends William Murray. I mean, look, we've got we've got friends. Yeah, we've got William friends Murray's in the program. Word. Yeah, big time. So, so look, let's. Here's a, I'm going to put you on a, on that mission today. I, here's my fear, though. My okay. fear is I don't want no. Omega candles sitting around on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah, you kind of failed with that doing the no first Maddie time. and the Caddy poop cast. It's a podcast. <laughs> so don't be sending me no candles. All right. So, yeah, we don't want candles, but I'm, I'm willing to send you out there on our behalf. If if, if they don't think you're Omega material, Worthy. then, set, you know, there's two hosts on this podcast. Maybe they'll see me and say, oh, yeah, he's more of an Omega guy. You know what, though? I'll tell him straight up, he ain't going to ask for your phone number. So I'm, I'm not, I don't. See? I'm shy. I'm shy, <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, you made me spit my drink out the last <laughs> time you said that. I'm shy. I don't like asking for phone numbers. <laughs> and I timed it perfectly, too. I was like, he's in the media center. He's around people. I'm going to send this back. This I text bust out and laughing and made everybody. I made people around me jump because I laughed so hard <laughs> right. so when I said that. Because I got two more phone numbers yeah, of dudes I know. that said they're going to come on the podcast. Try One of them is going into of the Hall of Fame next year. Yeah, he's a lock. Ed Reed. Ed Reed, yeah. hello. Well, Big time golfer, too. We'll have Ed Reed on because we've got all pro Patrick Peterson coming up next. But before we get to that, Caddy, give me – actually, you know what? Let's save some PGA Championship predictions for the end. Okay. You want to do that? All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a guy that's really, really good at the NFL, has had a really, really good career, Patrick Peterson, in one story, combines the desert, a farmer, and a demo at his house. <laughs> that coming up next on Maddie and the Caddy. All right, so this next guest on Maddie and the Caddy, uh, near and dear to my heart because I can finally be a fanboy like Collins. Hold on. I'm a fanboy, too. That's what I just said. No, I'm saying I'm saying that. Oh, you're a fanboy like that sitting here. I was a fanboy. He even he admitted I was a fanboy. You can't be a fan of everything and everyone. Uh huh. This is my hometown team. Let me have this moment. All Can right. you just let go of your man crush? Fine. Fine. 
Look. Do you have his number? He's one of the – no, because I don't ask everybody for the number. <laughs> you do. Go ahead and bring him in. <laughs> He's a great dude. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. Patrick Peterson of the Arizona Cardinals. Patrick, I'm curious, how did you get started on this disease that is the game of golf? When you see one football player, you know, jumping into the golf game, another one will going to jump in as well. Like, I could be him in that for sure. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and once we jump into it, we have so much downtime in, during the off season that we have time to golf, pick up the game, fall in love with the game. And once the golf bug bites you, it's pretty hard to, to turn back. It's a disease, right? No doubt about it. It's an addiction. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, golf is more addicting than any other drug out there no because if you want to quit any other drug, there's an 800 number. Right. There is no way okay. you'd be like, hello, I'm at the door right now. I'm playing 36 today. You can't <laughs> you sit down. Let's talk. Maybe it's just like, go to the range in yeah. a bucket. Then they, then, then, then they make continue, uh, continue to make new product. <laughs> So you gonna hit like, it ten yards exactly. further. It's like, oh, I gotta have that, you know. So it's a it's a expensive game and a um, a loving game as well. When did you pick it up? Two thousand eleven. So we're, April April two thousand eleven. I picked up the game. How and why and what? Who who made you start playing? Uh, my coach Les Miles kind of put the bug in my head about golf, but I really got into it honestly um, from my first football agent. Um, went by the name of goes by the name of Pat Lawler. Mm-hmm. And I came into the NFL during the lockout. So we had literally from February all the way up, I'm sorry, January all the way up to July of no football. All you had to do is train, which is now you have, you have you know, you train, you come back and train in April all the way up to June. You have a break and you come back in July. You had none of that. So I lived in Florida in Hollandale. And I stayed right by this little hidden bay. It was it was top golf before top golf. Yeah, you know, so it, yeah, it was just little hidden bays. You hit into the water, and uh, my agent left his bag, uh, his golf bag, in my um, in my in my com- in my apartment, and I grabbed my seven, his seven iron, because seven was my favorite number. In the first, I mean, the first swing, right down the pipe, and I was like, Nah. <laughs> All right. But what did Les Miles tell you? Wait, hang on, hang on. Yeah, so you're hitting a couple. Yeah, more. Yeah, so I'm hitting the ball. I was like, damn. So this game is that easy. So, the, so I hit about maybe like three straight, and after that, it started falling off. But when I once I got that, once I had that feeling on how it felt to go straight and making great contacts, like I, I have to do that again. I have to do that again. When I didn't do it, the next time it's like, come on, you gotta be able to do that again. You did it before, and that's what really got me into the game. That's a heroin addict chasing that. Exactly. You like yep. I got I can do this. Yeah. I felt it already. Exactly. Once. How can you not do it? It's sitting right there. Yeah. So then you see how easy it is. You go you hit the range. <laughs> yeah. Les, he just Les. said that and he just busts yeah. out laughing. So you then, see how easy it is. <laughs> so then Les gets in your head, and then when did you start? Like when did Patrick get his first clubs? When did you play your first round? When did you start playing? I started playing in 2012. Effectively, I started playing in 2012. 2011, when I picked it up in April, I was just going to the Hidden Bays. I just moved to Arizona. Um, so I had like this huge, just land behind me, at least 50 acres. And I had, uh, this hidden, this little, I bought this little hidden map because I had got this, uh, this, uh, putting green put in my backyard. And I bought this little hidden mat like you find at the uh, at the golf courses. <laughs> yeah. And I was just hitting dozens and dozens of balls into this field, like all day. All night, hey, I even put it. I had this how this how bad I knew it was for me. I went and got a floodlight, two of them, to <laughs> to, to aim on the hitting mat oh, to man. make sure I could see the ball hitting. Like it was, my wife thought I was crazy because like like I like my I had hobbies like you know fishing, RC cars. My wife's like, you gonna you gonna pick up this stupid game and just 
buy all these clubs and just, and just throw them all away. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that this game. <laughs> and to this day, she she still is on me. It's like, I don't know how you play this game of golf. Now, did day. you have a net up in the back? Or you was just, I'm just no, hitting. No, no. See, what happened was <laughs> just I answer. had to get a net. About a year and a half living into that neighborhood, but because they started a comp, uh, like a complex back there. <laughs> so I remember one day I was hitting, <laughs> and I was hitting, and I hit like a glass. I hear someone, hey! <laughs> so that's why I was like, it's time to get a net. <laughs> Would you go retrieve the ball? No. You just let so it- this is the yeah. thing I had too. So this guy who was on his tractor, um, used to cut it like every other month. Kid you not. He's, I had, had this bit bucket. Used to put it on, on on my fence. Whenever I hit balls, and whenever he went and cut it, he'll bring a bucket back and just send it back on my fence. <laughs> so I have a full bucket every other month. And that was all the balls you were hitting out there. Anyway. It, wasn't all, it wasn't all of them. I was going to say just some of them. Yeah, some of them. Some of them. That's so I just kept thinking. I kept thinking there's some Gila monsters walking around. Like, what the hell mm-hmm. was that? Just Patrick. What Peter's was that? Yeah, tortoises and stuff out there. I never forget because I ran back in the house. <laughs> Ran back in the house because I had a two story house at the time. Ran back in the house and looked up, and I see the guys just talking to each other. I was like, "Damn, I almost." <laughs> <laughs> How many, when you look now, now I mean you're in it. You're shooting seventies. Mm-hmm. When now that you're in it and you're a pro athlete, you're at the top of your game and your sport. How many doors has golf opened for you to other people and just events? Oh man, I mean, I mean, since I've been playing golf, honestly, man. Golf has opened so many doors for me. I've taken me so many places. Like, I never thought, like, I am a traveler, but I would never thought I would travel over to Australia, but I traveled over to Australia to golf. You know, went to Scotland to golf, been to London to golf, you know, so been to Italy. You know, I never thought, France, never thought that golf would take me to these certain places and the connects that I was able to meet, the people I was able to meet. It's just been so unreal because that's what you hear all the time. Like, yep. man, you make some of the best business, some of the best and biggest business deals on the golf course. I remember a guy donated just off the strength of me playing golf with him for the first time, donated $100,000 to my foundation. Nuh-uh. So I was like, wow, this is, this is what it's all about. It's real. Yeah. And did you bring your wife with you on those trips? No, nah, my wife, <laughs> well, well, she, my wife, she don't golf. So that's a, that's a plus. That's a great big, thing. Big plus. And it, right now it is. Why you say that? I'm saying that when you get to be about 55 or 60, okay. then it's going to be like, hey, hey, honey, you want to come? I'm going to go play. <laughs> no, honestly, my, my wife's going to always be busy because my wife, she's a doctor, so she's always going to be. She's, she's, oh, that's she, cool. Yeah. She's always going to be working. Yeah, so she's going to be working. I'm going to be on the yeah. golf course. I this the guy's kids genius. The you, I know. I dropped the kids off and make it so bad. My The school my daughter goes to now is on the way to Whisper Rock. So I drop my daughter <laughs> off. I go out to Whisper Rock. When I'm done at 3.30, I come back home, pick her up, go get some pizza, go home. And we, we wait on mommy until she get home like nothing ever happened. This man, <laughs> you know, he was looking at the school and going, all right, oh, yeah. hold up. Here you go. Oh, look it. I can hear right it. Right there. Yeah. Whisper it's right on the way. Hello, Kevin Strillman. <laughs> Hello, fellas. What's up? And go, wait, Patrick, why do you volunteer to take her to school every day? <laughs> I'm a good dad. You know yeah. why. Exactly. I love you, baby. <laughs> so who on the Cardinals? We know Larry Fitzgerald's a big golfer, but who yeah. else on the Cardinals? Ha- ha- uh, we got golf? Sam. Sam is a huge oh, golfer. Yeah. Bradford's good. Uh, uh. Dayon Buchanan is a big golfer. It's not many guys now that were that the teams are starting to get younger. You know, when I first got into the NFL, it was like almost you know at least ten to twenty percent of the guys in the locker room played. 
you know, so none of the big guys really play. So it's all pretty much all skill position, long snappers, and the quarterbacks. But now it's like on our, on our team at least it's me, Larry, Sam, Phil, uh, Phil uh, uh, Dawson. Mm-hmm. I think it's at least six of us now. Wow. So it, it, the number is definitely dropping off over the years. Does Bradford's game live up to the hype? Bradford has a very, I've heard he's pretty silly. You talking about short game? Yeah. Best hands I've seen. Even, even, cause I play with a bunch of pros like Ricky. Well, if you're a whisper John, rock, yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. He's competing with those guys in, sh- in a short game. Like really? His game is, his short game is, he can make the ball do what he wants it to do. Never seen nothing like it. That's impressive. Yeah. And that's what matters, especially mm-hmm. in events like this, yep. at the American Century yep. Championship. Like that's big time. Mm-hmm. Why did you get so good so fast? Because man, I'm, I live in Arizona. It's, it's, it's sunny every every day. Then I went. I, I got simulators in my house. I got freaking uh, two putting greens in my backyard now. So I mean, I l- eat, sleep, and live golf and football. So it's it's always around me. So every day I come home after practice. Kid you not. So my garage here, my back door is here. I I drop my bags off at the back door. My iPad, my playbook, everything. My daughter's normally in, in the living room. And we walk straight to the backyard and go to the putting green <laughs> every single day. <laughs> and when it and, and, and when it gets nice in Arizona, oh man, each, we stay outside. Which is basically in <laughs> yeah. Arizona for those who don't know. I mean, from basically October to, to April, yeah, March, March April. April, yeah. And it's but see, I don't get. I grew up there, <laughs> and I suck. Right. I grew up there, and I'm not shooting in the. 70s. I just want people to know, like you need to and know. Butch, Butch Harmon actually helped me out as well. Oh, yeah, so Butch is a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, He's so a good he, dude. He gave me a couple of lessons as well. That's yeah. fine. Don't, don't but, be embarrassed. No, that's good. Cool. You can get into Butch Armour's Look, Rolodex. And, yeah. and I got friends of mine, too, that in the business world, they've had lessons from Butch, too. They still suck. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, th- there are people that are going to be like, hold up, this seven years and you shot 75 at Augusta? Yeah, my best round, 68 twice. What? Oh, Where'd you shoot this and how I long shot, ago? I uh, shot the 68 at uh, Metropolitan in um, Australia. Uh, and I shot a 68 again at um, Camelback. Camelback, yeah. that's, a, that's a good course to Ambiente do it, too. Ambiente as well, too. So. Oh, Ambiente, yeah, that's the tough one. Exactly. The other one's not. I just played yeah. Ambiente yeah. a few months ago. Now, when you were shooting these 68s, did you know you was in that special place on the golf course? And then was it hard? Um, it, the, the, the toughest part about it was trying to keep what where I, where I was out of my head. It's like, all right, I'm three under. <laughs> Get that out of my head, please. Because every time I think about like, so, so for me, when I first got into the game, I always had those uh the post the post birdies. So I have a birdie and, and coming back in double. <laughs> so when I started thinking about my score, I'm like, just leave, just leave, just leave. And next thing you know, I start shanking balls, not hitting the ball correctly. <laughs> yeah, just the game just. Goes out the window. Hardest shot so to that, hit is that was after a, the birdie. Yep, that was the hardest thing for me to do, keeping the score out of my head. Because I knew I was on a roll. Like, I had, like, three birdies in a row. And I came back and, and just – for me to have two birdies in a row, I was like, oh, I'm on to something. Like, because I, I rarely have two birdies in a row. And then, I went to, when I, then when I went to the third one, I was like, yeah, I'm in I'm in a special place. I'm in a special place right now. And plus I did it with people. I shot 168 with Larry, so he he signed my my card as well. Oh. And he's he's so mad that he, he's not <laughs> hit 60. He's yet to hit the 60s yet. That's uh, what I I was just going to say like <laughs> I would I would have loved to see your face and his face as he's sliding it, the card over. so bad on that day. I had a double on that day as well and shot a 68. Now, when you look at your game now, when we we talk about this all the time, and you're an NFL 
star. Mm-hmm. You guys play on Sundays in the most popular sport in America. Do you get more nervous on Sundays? The or when first you step tee. To- yeah. It's, it's just the first tee. But after the first tee, I'm good. That first tee always, it's like, <laughs> my caddy, every time I hit a shot, my caddy goes, after we start walking, he says, you can breathe now. You can breathe. Because <laughs> that first shot, no matter how good I'm hitting them on the, how good I'm hitting on the range, no matter how good how how good of a groove I think I'm in, it's that first tee box get me every single time. Can you feel your feet? I can feel everything. It's just I can't feel my head. I don't know where I'm at. It's like, <laughs> I, get, like I get lightheaded. Because <laughs> some dudes, they say you, their fingers start tingling and yeah. they can't feel the club or nothing. No, it's, it's, but other dudes, it's like it's, uh, hold it's up, like it's like my um, it's ser- honestly, it feels like I'm lightheaded. It feels like everything that I know about golf. It's left my head. It's like I don't know nothing what I'm doing right now. It's like <laughs> nothing's like natural. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so once you get off the tee, it, it, it's crazy. Once I get off the first tee, it's like I'm back to normal every single time. I, I don't know if it's the introduction. I don't know if it's the you know me waving at the folks before I swing. I don't know what it is, but it can't happen uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, because now because there's no this is no this you're competing exactly. And how do you like when when we uh. See, we you know baseball players, NFL guys, mm-hmm. hockey coaches. Yep. But when you got you guys come to to win and compete, what's it like amongst all the athletes and the celebrities? Once it's time to go, oh man, it's nothing like it. it's it's like like I can I can always remember, you know, waking up, you know, going through like my football regiment, like you know, taking a shower before I leave, you know, having my music bumping, uh, you know, eat breakfast at a certain time, make sure I have a certain amount of time to do this. It's just it puts you in that game mode, you know, once. Anyone has, uh, anyone gives you that opportunity to compete against someone else, especially in this environment yeah. on television for a little bit of money in front of a crowd, you know. So it just brings the best out of you, and it's, you you wanna uh, play well. <laughs> I just still, I go back to that sixty-eight that you shot in front of Fitz. Is yeah. that the most proud one? Is that your proudest round? Uh, that's one of them. Uh, I probably say my 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 uh my proudest round is against him though. He jumped out. We playing match play. Me and him. Uh, we, I gave him I gave him two strokes. I gave him two strokes. One one aside. He jumped he jumped out on me, three up. Jumped out on me three up. I walked him down. Spanked him on his booty. I uh, had like. On the back, I went thirty three on the back on him, like I went Stewie on him. So that's that's probably my like my proudest my proudest round because I had to like really dig deep. Yeah, and he was like you talked like we talked about earlier talking smack. Yes, and Fitz is real good at good that, at especially it. when we on the course. And, but nothing gets to me, so I always just let him talk. But I always tell him, man, every time you start talking smack, every time you're talking about this, that, that, you poke that bear, man, and that bear always come back to bite you. <laughs> I mean, it never fails. Every he'll go, he'll go and be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a beat Pat, this, that, and the other, and I come out like, y'all, man, baby bro, you got me again. It's like, man, you gotta stop talking trash. Let's just go out there. Let's just go out on the greens, have fun, and just let the chips lay where they fall. He can't do that though. He can't. He can't he do. Can't, it. He can't help himself. He's yeah. a receiver. Yeah, but they do because they love talking. Because he kept like Larry's a great dude. He comes off as one right. of the most. But it, how competitive is he on the oh, golf course? Oh my god, man! I wish you guys talking about want to see a Phil and uh, Tiger. Man, you got to put you got to see a, a, a Fitzy and Patrick match. Yeah, that, they they got to put some money on that, man. I, I, I that 
that is something that I pay for to see on television as well. Y'all two going toe to toe match play? I, hey, we can set this up. We can make oh, some yeah. things. We got GoPros. We can oh, make yeah. some things happen. No this it. could be the Maddie and the Caddy special. Oh, right. Man, if it comes in. Other than Larry Fitzgerald, who's the best smack talker out there on the golf course? On the golf course. Oh. Oh, man. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? He played for the uh, old time. He played for the Saints. His name, his face is in my head. I cannot think of his name. But I played with him at the Hall of Fame game. Mm-hmm. Saints player. Yeah, old-timer. Old-timer. He, he wore number 52. I cannot think of his name right now. Uh, so he's a linebacker. And he never missed a game. He's the only player to never miss a game in the NFL. Was that Sam Mills? Sam. No, he's. Nah. New Orleans Saints 52. You know what? We got Google. But anyway. Hey. So, yeah, go ahead. Him and um, him and um, Bruce Smith are the biggest smack really? talkers I have ever, ever been around the golf course. Really? And, oh, and Michael, MJ Jordan. See, now I heard yeah, yeah, yeah. he's another one. He likes talking smack, but mm-hmm. if he starts losing and you start smack talking him, he get mad. See, I never see. I never been on that on that end to see him losing. Wait, do you beat him? And we always on teams. I always been on same the team. team. Uh, so it's always I always played against like uh, it's always been like me and him versus uh, Ken Griffey and um, Dwight Freeney. Um, uh, it's me and him, me and him versus uh, D- Dwight and uh, who was it? Uh, one of his uh, shoe uh, top shoe salesmen. Okay. So I always been on this team. I never had opportunity to play against. Him. Is he cutthroat? Very. <laughs> but a good cut through. Like he's a very, very good guy. But he, he's he wants to make you feel uncomfortable. Are you are you ever coming in contact with Michael Jordan if not for golf? Probably not. With the relationship, with that's him. what I'm saying. Like some of the some of the contacts I have in my phone, I would never. Well, maybe, you know, somewhere down the line, somewhere eventually, I, maybe at a, an award show. Yeah, but meeting a guy on the golf course, you really get the opportunity to see their personality, see how. They really, really are, and being able to be with them for four or five hours, you know, if they hit a bad shot, the true characteristics really come out. Now you see what type of guy he really is. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? you so, can't hide. Once exactly. you make a bogey or two, yeah. you're gonna show your true self because <laughs> no there's adversity yeah. out there, mm-hmm. and you get a you know what kind of sportsmanship they are. Oh yeah, sports and the, you, everything that you want to know about a person is on a golf course. No doubt about it. That's in, exactly. in those five hours, who's the one athlete or celebrity that you found out playing golf that plays golf that surprised you? Uh, like you celebrity. were like, oh snap, he played golf too. Uh, I probably have to say, uh, J.R. Smith for Cleveland. JR, and Jason I, Day I, loves him. When, when I first found out J.R. Smith played golf. That surprised the heck out of me. <laughs> Seeing a guy with tattoos all over, his, all over the arm, like this guy don't de- de- belong on the on the golf course. And the funny thing, I just played with him like two weeks ago at, at the Aaron Rodgers uh, uh-uh. Chris Paul event. And yes. how is he? How can he play? Yeah, he can play. Yeah, he yeah. can play. We, we uh, I was the only undefeated player there that day. Just say that I went through. Oh, you know. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> that guy just shows up. Seven years he's been playing golf. There are people listening to this podcast right now. Just. In the car, so mad right now. So yep. we like this question because it kind of brings it home for us with you in golf. Okay. You're you're the one player. Pick three other players to complete Patrick Peterson's dream foursome. Foursomes. Uh, I go Tiger. I go uh, Jack and Arnold. 
Yeah. Sticking with golfers. Yeah, sticking with golfers. Now, who would be the dream foursome if you non, could go non-golfers, non-golfers, non-golfers. live or dead? Alive or dead. Yes. Um, uh, just hearing some of the, the stories, how good of a guy he was. And, you know, whenever you get a trophy named after you, you're pretty special. Yeah. You know, so I would love to play golf with him, even if he didn't play golf. Just like to have his presence around. Uh, second player, uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. and uh, Golf addict. Yeah, and to top off my um, – foursome I would probably have to say that's a tough one but I probably will go at um, my man Warren Buffett just because I want to see how, what type of deals he's getting in so I can make my money stretch out <laughs> with football because <laughs> you know he's making some not only that but and for five hours are made on the golf course that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm he saying a full five, circle. for five hours you that's know it. he at some point you're going to go Warren you're telling me in now, five hours now. he's not making a deal? <laughs> right. All yeah. you got to do is get in that. About Man. that ninth hole, Warren. We're, We're about to go on the back nine. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I'll show you the secret to the driver. Yeah. Show yeah. You the secret to the million dollars. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, Patrick Peterson, this has been great. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, man. man. Promise no us you'll come back on again and we'll do this again. I promise you. And as okay. a Cardinals <laughs> fan, I'm telling you what, let's go. Appreciate it. Bro. I like Josh yeah, Rosen. Thank you so much, man. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. The story of the farmer <laughs> leaving the bucket of balls on his fence is That's the tremendous. Best. That's the best. And I love the fact that where he goes on the back porch, I bought lights. <laughs> I bought lights specifically. And the fact that he was like, my wife is, what are you, what are you doing? Nothing. But then it, I love, too, that he goes, that's me and my daughter would just go out there every day. When he would drop his bag right when he'd come from practice. Like, he couldn't <laughs> wait. He was like a kid that just got a new toy, and he couldn't wait to get right home from, oh, by the way, an NFL practice and go hit balls. Well, the, the, see, again, we forget. A lot of times we forget for these guys at this level, it's, it is a job. It don't. I understand, yes, they're playing a game. Yes, professional athletes are playing a game and they're getting paid. But the reason that they get to play this game is because they come at it like it's a job. Yeah, you're right. It's an eight-hour, ten-hour. You're going to work out. You're watching what you eat. You're doing all these things to be prepared to play this game. So when he looks at it that way, golf is his release and escape. I mean, you're right. That's the way it is for us. Like, I don't go home from Sports Center and watch Sports Center. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You know, and look. See, this is why golfers and caddies got problems. You guys do this, We do do that. You go right back to the course. Yeah, you just, you're at the course for 10 hours, and as soon as you get to the hotel, you turn on Golf Channel or Sports Center to find out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh. And that's it. It's an addiction. It's a sickness is what it is. We loved hanging out with Patrick Peterson. We're going to do more so with him cool. in the future. Our bonus podcast this week, incidentally, is going to be Hall of Famer Terrell Davis and Trent Dilfer. Speaking of good stories, you're not going to be, you're not going to believe how Trent Dilfer got stuck on the golf. And he's this, really good. Yeah, he's another one who's really good. And Trent Dilfer, his, cause I, you know, you and I both feel the same way. We love asking these athletes and celebrities, how they came to the game of golf. Yep. Dilfer's story on how he came to golf might be the best one we've ever had yet. It is really good. And I've asked a lot of people, oh, but his is the best. Speaking of, uh, a guest of the podcast, last week's guest, Brian Erlacher, how was the event? 
Oh, it was nice, but I, I didn't get to stay. You didn't? Why? No, because I had to do Sports Center at seven twenty-eight in the morning. Oh, that's my fault. Yeah, it is. If you would have left me alone, I could have stayed. Like he had a concert there. It literally Who was it? Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> You're not funny. <laughs> You're not even a little bit funny. You know who I did meet? Who? Anu- again, who did I meet? And guess, I, do you think I asked for the phone number? Of course, At- you, that's what you do. That's your role. My role. No, it's I have to do it because one of us has to get phone right, numbers. So whose guys' numbers did you get this time? A Dwayne Casey, head coach of Detroit Pistons. I'm aware of his work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, coach of the year, and then gets let go by Toronto. Yeah, so he's gonna he's coming on. Yeah, he's gonna come on too, and we got to go to Detroit and just give him some support, go to a game and stuff. All right, I'm in on that. Which will be which will be real cool. Hey, by there the, was a whole bunch of dudes there. So Ricky did, Fowler was there for a second. Yeah, Kevin Chappell was there for a second, but they all had to leave early too because the party was on Thursday night. So it was like after the first round uh, of WGC Bridgestone. So, and I was on TV crazy early. But apparently Lil John was there, and he was part of the concert. I know. Because wow. I went to Erlocker, and I go, is it true, man, Lil John's here? And he goes, yeah. And I go, don't you mean, yeah. I was waiting for the joke. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> that's, you, that's a you and Pat Perez thing, isn't it? I love that, Lil John. That that might be one of my favorite. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorite Dave Chappelle skits. That was done. When that came out, Dave Chappelle doing Lil John, and then Lil John. On the Chappelle yes, show, yes, we, I, I would say sixty-five to seventy percent of every golfer on the PGA Tour the year that came out was doing that during the tournament. Really? Yes. As we were out there playing, you would hear guys all the time go either going yeah or what, <laughs> what. That the PGA loved it. Oh, they were just really happy about it. A whole bunch of Caucasian guys walking around going, yeah, what? Okay. Hey, by the way, what are you doing? Uh, was it August 15th or 16th? What are you doing in a week or so? Uh, August, the week after the PGA yeah. Championship, coming to do the fantasy football marathon. Yeah, because I'm hosting that Monday, Tuesday, the prime time. You're going to be on there with me. But Tuesday then I'm going to, I'm flying to Gainesville. To go speak at a Gainesville touchdown club, so we should we should play golf in Gainesville that week. Wait, when are you flying to Gainesville? That week after I do the fantasy. really yeah, Wednesday. I think so. We're okay. probably on the same flight. I'm flying Wednesday night because I wanted to fly at nighttime because in case I wanted to play golf in Bristol first. Okay, maybe finish my round that I started at the Hartford Country Club because I still have never gotten to see the back nine of that golf course. Oh, maybe we'll get. Uh, maybe we'll Fury's get. Fault. Yeah, maybe we'll get one of the bosses to, to get us out there. We know there's like two or three people that might have memberships out there. All right, so we'll, that we, we get a hook up. We've got a couple. We've got yeah. So check Although, out Maddie you know, and Caddy. The last time I did get, I got the head pro's phone number. See, God, see how that works. Now it's almost see becoming a problem. Yeah, but when you're here, can you set us up with golf with him? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem that you ain't the one that can set us up with golf because you ain't got no phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we got golf a couple of times coming up in the next couple of weeks. Check out Maddie and Caddy. We're going to be in the Fantasy Football Marathon. Can't wait for that. Uh, but before we get out of here, let's get to a couple of predictions. First one, by the way, since you know how much effort he puts into it, the Caddy will rank the field coming up on ESPN.com. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's gonna. here's the question. Are my predictions... When I rank the field 
for real, or am I just trolling everybody? No, they're completely trolling. You you just told us you're not going to take them seriously, so no one. I didn't. Them. I did not say that. I did not say that. I would like you to troll people. See, that's what you want me to do. That, but then you better back me up. I will when, when I get in trouble. I will. I will go to the mat for you on this. Okay, one. because there's, I know you will. There's video. There's audio. Unless I need of me. you to get a phone number to help get me out of jail, I can't get. A I phone get number. the phone numbers we need. Um, <laughs> all right. So give me an under. We'll each give an under the radar for the PGA Championship, and we'll each give our official pick. Okay. Un- under the radar for you, go. Tony Finau. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Finau, he, he's got the game to win a major championship. Correct. And he's been up and down this year. The injury at the Masters, I like Correct. that one. And the way he's been playing fantastic, too. And this is the one tournament, the one major, where sometimes those, those guys who aren't real well-known but – uh, unless you're an insider in golf, those guys kind of can shine at a spot like this. So I love Tony Finau. And I think Luke List is another. Luke List is a for. guy that he just, he's a big hitter. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily a big hitter's golf course. It helps. The last time we were here, you want to have some fun. The last time we were here was 2008. It was the BMW Championship in 2008. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at the list of the guys in that top ten and just tell me one guy in that top ten that's playing here this week. I'll go look. There are none. (laughs) None of them. Oh, that was the setup. Yeah, that was the setup. But it's fun to look at that. Like, Dudley Hart finished second. I (laughs) like Dudley Dudley Hart. Hart. Take that on your pick. And for a lot of people listening to the podcast going, Dudley who? I know. It sounds like a cartoon character, but actually was a real guy. I got a couple of young guys I'm looking at this week. Really? I'm looking at a couple of young guys. Xander Shoffley, who had a nice run at the Open Championship. Okay. But I, can a rookie of the year be under the radar who won the Tour Championship? No, I mean, he can't, but he's not a guy that I don't think we're going to be going into listing as a favorite. This is true. I'll give you that. That's and, true. And another guy that I think could play really, really well, Joaquin Neiman. Huh. That is a young guy. That okay. He's that, a, I could just, could just. He's a ball striker. We've seen it. He's competed well this year, and we kind of get one of these guys. I think this is the time for a surprise. I know Molinari was a exactly. surprise at the Open Championship, but I think this could be that week where we're focusing so much on Spieth and Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson and Tiger. A guy like Joaquin Neiman just can be in contention. I'm not saying he's going to win, but he, I think he's an under radar, under the radar guy. That could be heard from going into the weekend. He he would be one of those guys who would be a very nice pick if you were gambling in the UK. Yeah, because they pay when you when you you don't just bet for someone to win. You can bet what's called an each way, and then depending on what house you place your bet at, you can, they place out to like seventh. Really? Some of them place the whole way out to seventh. So let's say he was two hundred to one. If he finishes in the top seven without winning, you get like either one fourth or one fifth of what the bet was. So you would still get paid forty to one if it was one fifth. Jimmy Walker might be good value too. <clears throat> nah, you don't like him. Is he still? It's not that it? I don't like him. It's that I still think he's he still fights the effects of Lyme, Lyme the yeah. Lyme disease, yeah. even though he's totally cured. Like I still haven't seen him put four straight, solid, great rounds together and stuff. And like you were saying, watch out for Tiger Woods. Don't watch out for Tiger Woods this week. No, 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 no. I don't. Look, he, he's a guy that just, uh, after last dude, week, maybe he's a little tired. Oh, yeah, and he's not able to get his work in. No. But the good thing is, his two important people is going to be here. So he'll hopefully be loose and relaxed, more so than what he was 
at the WGC. I love Brooks Kepka. You do? Yeah, man. Just the way he's starting to trend again. Okay. And it's been long enough after the U.S. Open where he hasn't had any of the pressure. Like last week, he wasn't really in contention, so he never was really grinding, like trying to win or chase a dude down. So I like the Kepka pick. Is he? He shows up at majors. We know that. Yeah, and of course his bro, like DJ, he's always going to be a threat. Yeah, I. All right, I like both of those picks. I said at the beginning of the, the podcast, I thought Justin Thomas, what he did last week, the defending champ. He knows that he's got to turn his focus right away. He knows that really last this is the last major of the year, really the last big tournament other than the FedEx playoffs that he's got to get up for in the Ryder Cup. I like Justin Thomas one, but I've said it all year. I'm a, it's the last major, so I got to pick him. I'm gonna go Justin Rose again. I'm doing two justices: Justin Thomas or Justin Rose. I'm gonna will Justin Rose into a major this year. What? Yes. Oh. He's playing too good. I know. That's the problem, though. And playing really good for a long period of time, like the crash is coming. Like Molinari, everyone was like, "Yeah, what do you think of Molinari for the for the PGA Championship?" I think he's done. He's done. He played way too much golf, and after the Open Championship, a week was not enough time for him to rest, and you could see it. He was burnt out last week. Yeah. And now he's got to come here where it's 95 degrees, going to be like 100. Like, nah. Um, I don't. Justin Thomas is the one, for me, he's the enigma. Yeah. Because as great as he played last week, and now he's defending this week, I would feel more comfortable picking him to win if he had finished second and just kind of been like close. a Rory who was there. Yeah. yeah, Rory's another one. There's some guys. I mean, look, we gave you a couple of sleepers, a couple of favorites. I just hope that what we get out of the final major championship this year is some good drama we can talk about next week on Maddie and the Caddy. As oh, yeah. always, download us Apple Podcast, ESPN app. Download, subscribe, and rate us. Social media, at Maddie and Caddy. Instagram, at Maddie and Caddy. Twitter, uh, we look forward to recapping the PGA Championship. Don't forget the bonus podcast on Thursday. Terrell Davis, Trent Dilfer. And uh, hopefully by next week, we will update you on the Omega sponsorship that I hope Collins can get. (laughs) Keep your fingers crossed. If they offer me a candle, I'm (laughs) going to be mad. We know you're undefeated in that realm of the world. the bathroom uh for the caddy michael collins i'm matt barry thanks for the download and listen and the support we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening to maddie and the caddy check out more great espn podcasts in the espn app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts maddie and the caddy